0: hi guys and welcome back to the podcast i hope you guys are having a happy valentine's day if you're listening when this actually comes out i don't know if everyone loves valentine's day but i personally love valentine's day even before i was in a relationship or anything like in middle school i remember we would make these decked out valentine's day boxes where people could put their cards and little valentines to each other and my grandpa's an engineer, and he would always go crazy and build us these just super decked out Valentine's Day boxes. And ever since then, I have been obsessed with Valentine's Day. I think it's such a good excuse to wear pink and eat chocolate and do all the stereotypical things. So I hope you guys are having a lovely day, or if you're l- listening to this on another day. But today's episode, I figured, would be very fitting to share some relationship advice. Now, I'm not an expert. I've only been married for a year and a half. I've only been in two long-term relationships in my life. And so this isn't meant to be my advice is the priority and is super sound and the best because that's definitely not the case i don't think anyone truly has all the advice for relationships but it's more so just i know with my friends we will go back and forth and ask for advice on different topics and so i wanted this to be just really casual like you're chatting with a friend and so i had you guys submit any of your relationship advice questions over to my email which is just but what's next pod at gmail.com i always ask for submissions over on my instagram so i just want to say i was going to wait to share this because this is only a couple minutes in but i was in the middle of of recording this about three hours ago and my laptop completely stopped working on me. I have the MacBook that has the track bar on it and it just stopped working and I have soon realized but there is not an easy fix. So I have a genius bar appointment tomorrow and I'm currently using Aiden's laptop. It's his old MacBook and it is incredibly slow, incredibly g- glitchy, and it doesn't hold a charge well and it's this miniature one where you can't plug in both a microphone and a charger. So, I am feeling a little bit more rushed than normal because I don't know how long this is going to hold a charge and so if The microphone sounds weird, or if this episode is just a little bit different than normal, that is why I wanted to say that in the beginning. And this is really throwing me off because I have the 2017 MacBook that has the touch bar on it, I think that's what it's called. And I've had this ever since college, and it's had so many issues. And I have soon realized that there are a lot of other people who also have issues with this laptop. I guess it's something to do with the touch bar, it's just not super great. So, I am going to be struggling a little bit for the next couple of days and I'm really praying I don't need to buy another laptop because everything I've read online says it takes weeks to get your laptop fixed with this issue and it's usually not covered by Apple Care, and it usually ends up being over $1,500 which if that's the case I'm probably just going to buy a new one and get the newer one that doesn't have the touch bar so I'm really praying that's not the case but I guess this is a reason to have an emergency fund, especially for things like this, when it has to do with your business, because my entire YouTube channel, everything is on that laptop. And thankfully, I have since started using an external hard drive that has most of my stuff on it. So it's not a huge deal, but I just need a laptop to edit work videos on. I have a video to send in. I am posting this video on Tuesday which is a second a day of cash growing up because it's his gotcha day today, which is the day we brought him home. And I'm so excited to post it. I've been working on this video for a year now. It's actually on my phone. I just use an app to do it. It's really easy to do, but I need to work on that video too for Tuesday. So I'm just, I was in a really good headspace when I was recording this for the first time, but now I'm just a bit more stressed. So I'm praying everything works out with that. But I was going to say that my high of the week I usually share my high and low of the week. My high is definitely that we went to this EXO marriage conference this past weekend. And I am an introvert, as you guys probably know, if you listen to this podcast regularly and being around a lot of people definitely does energize me a lot. I love it. I love being around people a lot more than I used to, but that being said, Having the time to recharge for a day has been really nice, but it's also been so nice to see some YouTube friends I knew. I met new YouTube friends, and I worked with ExoMarriage over on my Instagram, which I don't think a lot of people knew what a marriage conference is, so essentially... A lot of churches will put them on where you can learn more about like healthy communication and finance related tips and you know how to create intimacy with the other person and it's just a good time to kind of learn but I was working with them over on my Instagram but I would say like therapy it's kind of one of those things that is good to do before you start having you know, issues and it's, you know, really healthy. And I was just grateful to get to work with them because they had reached out. And so that was a ton of fun. But my low before the laptop situation was the fact that if you guys haven't watched my last video, I opened up about going off of hormonal birth control. And I'm not someone who hates on hormonal birth control I actually have been on it since I was very young so if you want to hear more you can watch that but I purely stopped taking hormonal birth control for health reasons and I knew that it was going to be a crazy journey because I've tried to do this once in college and it was not fun and I just did it I would say a few weeks ago and my skin as of lately I mean my skin has never been great I've always dealt with acne but it has been so much worse than it used to be around my chin and my jaw like all those hormonal spots that you get acne and just kind of the deeper pimples that really hurt that you can't necessarily pop and get rid of I know you're not supposed to pop your pimples in general but these ones you really can't pop and it has seriously been messing with my confidence and I'm trying not to let it because I know acne is just a part of life but Especially as you get older in your 20s, I always wonder, you know, when will I just stop dealing with acne, but I'm pretty sure this is because I've been going off of the hormonal birth control that my body's been so used to, but it doesn't change the fact that it is a journey, and so I'm going to be sharing more on my YouTube videos about that process of getting off and what it's like, because I had so, so, so many nice messages from you guys sharing your experiences and just kind of opening up to me too about going through a similar thing and I just want to say thank you so much because for me it's really tricky online to open up about certain things or not open up about certain things and figuring out kind of that line but this was something that I felt really comfortable sharing and I had really thought about and made sure it was something that I wanted to share online and I know that that piece that I felt was there for a reason because the response that I've gotten from so many people on my DMs and just in comments has been so sweet and helpful. So I just wanted to say thank you as well. I was going to do an Instagram story sharing that, but I figured I'd put it in here too because it's just been so nice for me. But yeah, that's my week. I'm sorry this intro is kind of all over the place. Our Valentine's Day plans. So because of the laptop situation, I'm going to the Genius Bar tomorrow to hopefully get my laptop fixed or get a new laptop and i'm going to be set back a little bit because of work stuff i have quite a bit of stuff to get done but we're still planning on going to dinner so that'll be nice to have a nice little dinner day i love valentine's day so i hope you guys are doing well and let's go ahead and get into these advice questions this first one says how do you and aiden deal with conflict in your relationship My fiance and I tend to argue over the same topics every time they come up because we never fully resolve it and we do not talk about it. How would you solve a problem that you both are adamant that you are right about and stop it from building up over time and causing more issues? This is a very great question that is probably the epitome of all questions that people have in relationships. I think that most people could agree that a lot of the conflicts that you have with the other person are about kind of similar topics and I think especially when we were engaged and kind of getting the period about to be engaged that was a time where we argued a bit more because I think engagement's so hard because you have all of the responsibilities of being married but you don't have a lot of the benefits yet and obviously planning a wedding is really stressful and you're probably planning out you know future life plans and that can just put a lot of stress on you as a couple. So I think deciphering what the topics are that are causing the conflict most of the time, maybe it's money, maybe it is family stuff, maybe it's just your personal habits. I think for us and something that I've learned about myself and ironically, I kind of learned a bit more about at the conference was a lot of times, I think especially if you're someone who prays. You can find yourself praying about the other person you know wanting God to change a certain element of them or praying that he would you know just give the other person a revelation to fix something that you're being annoyed by but if you find yourself doing that so much I would get to wonder if you are actually the person that needs to change. I think so often in relationships we put so much pressure on the other person but we never look at ourselves and realize that oh wait maybe I'm the problem. It's like that TikTok that's like, am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. You know, question if maybe you are part of the problem too. And I say that because I think when you're having those reoccurring conflicts, a lot of times it's something that you are not content with with yourself that you're taking out on the other person, unless it's something that you just seriously haven't talked about enough, which definitely can be the case. But for me I know a lot of times when I'm bitter and bringing up the same conflict I realize that it's actually something in my own life and that takes doing soul searching on my own. So spending time by myself you know going for drives by myself or you know spending time alone to really pray and be with my thoughts and figure out what's something that I can change. I'm trying to think of an example of this. I think that you know, maybe you're getting upset because they are leaving stuff around the house, or maybe you're getting upset because they're always late or something. Like something like that, I think there's a tangible fix and it's like, okay, hey, fix this very small thing. But if it's something deeper, I would question if maybe it's something with yourself. I think for me, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but a lot of our arguments stem from the fact that I'm discontent with something work wise. That I am then bringing into our relationship, the two of us, and taking that out on him. And that's just not fair. I think, especially if you're getting married, you have to think about the other person's wants and desires. And a lot of times, the conflict comes from individually, you're not happy with yourselves or the things that are going on in your life. It doesn't even have to do with the other person, but because you're getting married, it ends up being about the other person too because it's both of your lives and so really digging deeper and finding that root cause is super important and that's just from my own experience from only being married a year and a half but also going through engagement. I think especially in engagement you just have to admit that you're taking things very seriously and everything seems like such a bigger deal at the moment because you have so much on your plate but taking a step back to realize that this probably isn't that serious it's going to be okay unless obviously it is something that is super serious so I don't know if that totally answered your question but that's just my personal experience this one says how did you tell your parents that engagement was on the horizon for you or did they just found out when Aiden asked your dad this is a great question. She also said some other stuff to leave out. But for me, I think that it's good to give your parents a heads up beforehand. And it doesn't have to be that, hey, like I want to get married at this time or I want to get engaged at this time. But your parents are such a big part of your life. And I know everyone has a different relationship with their parents. But if you're with someone who's going to ask you know, your parents for their blessing, I think it's it's very nice to give your parents a heads up so they know ahead of time. I can't even remember having that conversation with my parents though. I remember it would always happen with me and my sisters though. I would talk about like wanting to be engaged at this point and wanting to get married at this point. And I think even with getting married a little bit younger, my siblings had also gotten married relatively younger. I mean, my brother was 24, my other brother was 26, I think. And then my sister Lindsay was 22 too. So she was the one who you know, I got married to at 22. So I think my parents just kind of knew and knew because they had spent a lot of time with him. And I remember they really knew because Aiden had reached out to my dad and asked if he could talk to him at some point. And then my dad, I was actually home because we both didn't live in Texas at the time. And I remember Aiden was visiting me from New York. This was in August, I'm pretty sure. And I was home and I heard Aiden go out with my dad while my dad was grilling steaks outside and I'm pretty sure that's when he asked him and I was literally in the TV room but I kind of had an idea. You can just casually bring it up like oh yeah I really hope to like get engaged soon and I think your parents are going to know if they know you've been with this person for a while. They know that you have a heart for wanting to be married one day. I don't think it's going to come as a shock but I do think it's nice to kind of give your parents a little heads up. Okay this one I think is one that i've heard a lot of people out but she says i have a new boyfriend things are going extremely well he is thoughtful kind and considerate however he doesn't seem to have the same standards of health and wellness as me i work out a few times a week and he does not have a gym membership i also think he could eat much more healthily i don't know how to approach the topic because i don't want to make him feel bad i believe everyone has different personal standards for personal fitness and health I personally don't believe in diet culture and I believe everything including working out should be balanced in moderation. Also what works for me may not work for him. I just wish he could put in the effort without me nagging him. Any advice? Oh this one is really hard because I think you have to be incredibly careful with how you approach this because you never want someone to associate health and wellness with being forced or feeling coerced to do it. I think it's something that You have to be, again, like you mentioned, doing a workout that you actually enjoy or eating food that, yeah, is healthier but that you actually still like. And you also don't want to come off as a nag and making it seem like it's your thing that you're pushing on him instead of him being motivated to do it himself. But... I think the easiest way to do this especially because it's your boyfriend is to try to plan things where you're doing it together so it's less like hey I wish you worked out more to hey would you like to come to the gym with me for you know a date night this night or something which I know is kind of insinuating that you want them to work out but it's more like hey can we do this together as opposed to I wish you were doing this alone. And maybe then he will associate it with spending time with you and actually enjoy it a little bit more. But that is really tricky. And I think, especially with the food, it's a lot harder because you can't necessarily just always cook him meals. And I think there, the only thing you can really do is try to encourage. If you're going out to eat with him for dates, you know, eating at healthier places or trying to cook him meals when he hangs out at your place and encouraging him in that way. I don't think you should necessarily call out every time he's eating fast food by himself that, hey, I wish you wouldn't eat that because it is just a little bit tricky. But I personally haven't dealt with this really. I mean, I've always been with people who also cared about, you know, working out and maybe not as much like eating the same way that i do but oh that's so hard this is what i wish i had a co-host because it's nice to bounce off another person because this is so tricky to know what to do in that situation and maybe that even looks like you getting him his own gym membership for a while so he can come with you to work out And maybe it becomes more of a routine for the both of you guys. And that doesn't mean that you have to be doing the same workout too. Like I personally like working out by myself unless it's in a workout class. But I don't like, you know, going for a run with a friend or doing some workout with someone else. It just is not my thing. Working out is very much my time to be in my own head and focusing on my own stuff. But even if that's you, maybe sacrificing that to try to get them to be into it more and having them be more a part of it because health and wellness is really important. And I think especially if it's someone who you're wanting to be in a long-term relationship with, I do think it's important for that to be a part of their life because, you know, it is good to be active. It is good to exercise and it is helpful to, you know, live a long, healthy life. So that is really tricky. I think if it's in a spot where He doesn't want to do that at all, maybe press into it a little bit more, but at the end of the day, it has to be something that they're choosing to do. It can't be something that you're forcing, but I know that's probably so tricky to navigate, so I'm really sorry. Okay, this is another hard one. Okay, she says, to preface, I want to say that my fiance is my best friend, a great person, and I've always known that I wanted to marry him, but when he proposed to me, it left me feeling a bit disappointed. Here's the thing. Leading up to the proposal, we never talked about marriage more than just saying it was what we both wanted eventually. There was no timeline, no ring talk. I just figured it would happen when it was supposed to happen and that we would talk about it beforehand. Well, when it happened, it was a complete shock and not in a good way. We had just had a fight literally the week before and I was not over my hurt feelings. It felt like a grand gesture to make things better and seemed completely out of the blue as he didn't have a ring either." Oh no. Though in his defense he proposed without a ring because he wanted me to pick out my own. He also told me he planned to never bring up marriage or ring so it would be a total shock and happy surprise when he did eventually ask. He also wanted to make it special by planning to ask when we were on vacation and it just so happened that our vacation was a week after our fight. So I can't really blame him that he had good intentions as he really thought he was doing the right thing. My question is, how do I get over a disappointing proposal? The actual act of it was sweet and thought out, but I wasn't expecting it at all, so I wasn't really paying attention when he started talking. And I still hadn't gotten over my hurt feelings, so I didn't get the normal excitement one should get when being proposed to. And I don't want to be that person, but it's disappointing being proposed to without any kind of ring. When we did buy a ring later, I just put it on myself. I know it shouldn't matter because I do get to spend my life with him, but on the other hand, I'm disappointed that my one and only proposal In life, left me feeling this way. I am so sorry. Like, what? Yeah, and I can tell by your email, you're trying to be as gracious and kind towards him as possible. But honestly, I just, it makes me so sad that, especially after, you know, not resolving that conflict too, and you're not feeling all those feelings of being super excited about, you know, spending the rest of your life with him, and you're also thinking about, you know, the argument, even though that, that wouldn't deter you from wanting to be proposed to by him, but oh, uh, and not having a ring to it. When you said the part about wanting to wait till you could pick out your ring, I was like, well, you could still pick out your ring, but wait to propose to. I don't know if it's weird to just completely request another proposal now that you have the ring, but I guess there's really nothing that you can physically do to change what happened in the past. I mean I'll say with our proposal I wanted something that was extremely simple and not anything you know crazy elaborate and I think it can be easy with social media now and YouTube and everything to compare your proposal to other people's and if you find yourself feeling sad sorry guys my stomach I don't know if you guys can hear that but it is making some wild noises right now (laughs) if you find yourself feeling these feelings because you're comparing your proposal to other people's I would just, you know, encourage you to not do that, which I know is easier said than done. But I don't know. I almost wish that you could kind of get a little redo and ask him to maybe take you out or something and not necessarily redo getting on one knee and everything. But, oh, that's hard. I don't even know if that would be possible too. This is when I wish people could submit their own, you know, advice too, because that is just... Absolutely crazy. I think admitting that you're allowed to feel a little bit sad about that too. I'm not sure how long ago this happened because you said you've picked out a ring since then. It sounds like it was months ago and you're still thinking about it because that is something that you expect so much about. I mean, I know I had always had not necessarily a vision of how the proposal would happen because I wanted it to be a surprise, but it is a very big moment that you want to remember and you're going to tell your kids about one day and so I think acknowledging that it's okay to feel hurt and talking about that with him too and making sure he knows that that did hurt you because you wouldn't want another scenario like that to happen again not that you're going to be proposed to again but you don't want him to compensate for you know not You don't want him to compensate for an argument by doing this grand gesture to kind of get over it faster because that's never going to solve things. Not that that makes him a bad person or a bad fit for you, but just making sure that that's not going to happen again in the future. And then maybe just not looking at proposal stuff for a while. I think time does heal all wounds and eventually you'll probably look back and it won't be as big of a deal as it is in this moment. But letting yourself feel those feelings for a bit I do think is important. This one says, I just got engaged this past weekend. I'm so excited and I love my fiance very much. But since we are from different hometowns and currently attend different colleges, we don't have any mutual friends. This has been weighing on me because I feel like we don't have any mutual friends to celebrate our engagement with. I really wish I knew his friends better or or that he knew mine better. How do you and Aiden create friendships together? Do you think it is easiest to befriend other couples? Should I be involved in my partner's friendships or is it best to stay out of it? Okay, this is a good question because I am a believer that I think especially within like your marriage it's good to have friends that are friends that you can go hang out with just you know with you and then it's also good to have friends that are couple friends but I think in terms of celebrating an engagement if your friends are truly your friends they're going to be so excited for you and they're going to want to you know celebrate you and be around the two of you together so I think it may be a little bit maybe awkward at first when you're kind of bringing in your significant other into your friendships that you have right now but if like I said they're truly your friends they're going to be so excited for you that they're going to want to celebrate you guys and make it a big deal and I think it's okay to do that but I also think it's really helpful to form new friendships that you guys both kind of begin with With our friends, because we went to the same college, I kind of knew a lot of Aiden's friends because we were going to the same college, we were the same grade, and so a lot of our friends were mutual, but a lot of our friends that we know in Austin, they became Aiden's friends because Aiden's best friend was friends with them throughout his childhood, and then I started hanging out with them too, so... I kind of was brought into the picture, but I never feel like I'm taking away from his guy friendships because they still have time to hang out then. Like I'm not always there. And I think that's really important, even when you're dating too, to not always be brought over. And even when I had roommates in college, I tried to keep that boundary for my roommate's sake of, hey, I'm not just going to like bring my boyfriend around all the time because. It is fun to have that friendship just with your girlfriends or your guy friends or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, just don't overthink it too much. I think once you get married, it'll be easier to make friends the two of you. And quite honestly, a lot of our friends that we met here in Dallas are people I've met through Instagram and it's girls that I've met up with and then they're like hey you know I think our husbands would get along and so then we go on a double date and now we're friends and I think that that's super fun I actually get a lot of messages from girls in Dallas that are asking for that too and so I know it's kind of uncomfortable to meet people through Instagram but that just goes to show that it's okay to kind of reach out and see if you can find anyone in the area who you'd want to hang out with not in like a creepy way, but in a maybe, hey, we have mutual friends. Maybe we can hang out because I think a lot of people in, your, in their 20s are trying to make friends. And there's so many married people who are also trying to meet other couple friends too. So I think it'll happen when it happens. But in terms of in this moment, getting engaged, wanting to celebrate, bring your friends together. It might be a little awkward at first, but I think just for celebrating and then you know, kind of being alongside of you during the wedding, it's helpful to have that too. This one says, My question is this. My husband and I are newly married and we're still figuring out intimacy. We saved sex until we got married, which neither of us regret, but now we are hitting a learning curve. It seemed like when we were dating, all either of us wanted was to rip each other's clothes off, but now that we're married, I secretly feel very lackluster about the idea in general, even though I love him and I do enjoy sex. Do you relate to this? Is it normal to suddenly not want sex the way you used to once you're married? I think that this is probably a question that a lot of people relate to and I think again just acknowledging that it is okay to feel that way and it doesn't mean that you don't love the other person. I mean things can very easily get very mundane when you're living with someone and you've been together for a very long time and you get into a routine kind of feeling more like roommates and this is something that they actually talked about at the conference that we went to this past week and they're talking about the more you're having sex the more you crave it and the less that you're having it the less that you want it and that might not be applicable for everyone i would just say without getting extremely tmi or anything It's okay to switch things up and sometimes you just have to do things a little bit differently to have fun and keep that spark. I'm not talking about even doing anything super crazy. I mean, if you wanted to wear like lingerie or something or if you, I don't know, want to try new things in that aspect, you don't always have to or try a different time or something. Sometimes doing stuff like that can really switch things up. I mean, we haven't been married that long. It's been a year and a half. So I don't think we're at the stage where you really have to try wild things to, you know, get things going. But if it's something that isn't related to you having a low drive because something's going on with you, which a lot of times like stress can really impact that or you're just really busy at work or there's something hormonal going on, which I've learned a lot about, you know, after going off the pill and just learning a lot about you know, what that does to our hormones and listening to podcasts. It's been very enlightening to learn how that relates to drive and all that. But if it's not that, if it's just things are kind of vanilla, try to switch things up. Try to do things differently. I mean, you don't have to stick to the same old, same old, but also know that it's okay to feel that way. There are a lot of different things out there that kind of help in this area. I don't think that you should ever force something when you're not necessarily feeling it. I don't ever believe in that. I know a lot of people say that, but I don't believe that. But I will say sometimes it's easy when it's been like night overnight and you just say like you're not really feeling it, you're not really feeling it sometimes it takes kind of getting yourself to be in the mood for that or if it's the morning time the afternoon time you know getting yourself to really crave that and maybe that takes like I don't know showering together or something like that that kind of builds that intimacy instead of just getting in bed and then expecting to have this happen I don't know there are ways to kind of warm up to it and to really want it I know a lot of people schedule sex I don't necessarily do that personally but i know when you haven't had that for a while sometimes you stop wanting it and so once you start doing it more like i had mentioned earlier through the conference you kind of crave that a little bit more but i hope that's helpful i know that's tricky and i know that it's something that's very easy to feel that way this one says my question is do you believe in second chances when someone has cheated on you or has just lost your trust in some way I'm a believer that people can change and can totally turn their lifestyle around for the better if they are proactively showing you the work they are willing to put in. I know the common saying is once a cheater, always a cheater, but I wanted to hear your own thoughts on this. Do you think people deserve second chances and can change if they show that they are willing to fix the wounds they have made and work to rebuild that trust? Or do you think once a cheater, always a cheater? And most importantly, do you think a relationship can still be fixed and prosper? this y'all just really hit me with the hard questions today I think this is totally person to person I don't think there's a universal thing that says you know you can't come back after cheating or you can't come back after cheating but for me personally this is so hard because I struggle with this a lot with my faith personally because you know there's this thing of you know, God gives us grace, and we make so many mistakes in our lives, So, who are we to say that other people don't deserve grace too? With that being said, I think it's totally different if you are in a very long-term relationship, and maybe kids are involved, and things are more complicated. I think that that can be really tricky. At the place that I'm at in my life right now, and we've talked about this before infidelity is just an absolute no it would take a long time to get to the place where i would forgive someone to be able to rebuild my life with them because that is just such a betrayal of trust for me and i guess the thing for me is if this person is doing this in your relationship you know how are they going to do this in other forms of their life too are they not going to keep promises at work are they not going to keep promises to their friends and things just get so dicey but at the same time I obviously know you should give people grace and people aren't defined by the mistakes that they make but I think especially if it's a newer relationship if it's not something that's been incredibly long term I, I don't necessarily 100% agree with once a cheater always a cheater but I do think that you have to be mindful of the fact that that person did that because it's just such a deep betrayal but you know all sins are also equal so it's just so difficult where i don't i don't know i'm not the final say on this matter i don't have like a ton of research in this position i also haven't dealt with a lot of people personally that i know who have gone through this i mean my parents never cheated on each other and they're still together and a lot of my friends I have one friend who actually was cheated on and yeah it was just not a fun situation and so I think it depends on you and who you know the other person to be outside of just that mistake that they made but for me I don't think I could be with someone who cheated on me it just is a no but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this is a situation where you're going through this personally, so you're asking or if it's just you're asking for my opinion on it for general advice. This says, I've been dating my boyfriend for a bit over a year now. and We've decided to move in together this May. It might seem a bit fast for some, but I already know it's the right time for us. My boyfriend already owns a house, so we've decided the best thing would be for me to move in with him. Here's the twist, though. He owns a house with his sister. This means that my boyfriend and I will be living in the same house as his two other siblings. I love my boyfriend's brother and sister and we all get along great. He's also lived with his sister the past couple years, so I'm not worried about his ability to live with his siblings as an adult. However, I am a little bit worried about how to navigate this living situation. I'm scared that I won't feel at home since my boyfriend and his sister own the house and have not been living there for a while. I'm also not sure how to navigate things such as cooking and housework in a boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, siblings living situation. Of course, I've always talked about these concerns with my boyfriend. We're figuring it out, but I would appreciate any extra advice. This is very tricky. I I know a lot of people actually do this setup where they do live with other people's siblings as well, but I mean you just mentioned that you've talked about it, but I think just having clear cut boundaries in terms of who's allowed in what spaces when, are you allowed to bring people over, even maybe having times that people can use the kitchen these things seem so petty right now but they can cause a lot of conflict and especially because you are his girlfriend and not necessarily his friend or something i think the situation is going to be a little bit different but just having clear-cut boundaries with him because you're also getting used to moving in with him the first time but now you're also getting used to moving in with siblings too and that could be a little bit tricky And yeah, I guess I would question if maybe you could wait a little bit to move in, but you said you think it's the right time, but personally, I think it would be pretty tough moving in with siblings, but not impossible, especially if they're nice, and especially because they have lived together before, it's not like they're moving in too for the first time, but... I would just suggest maybe having a sit-down meeting before with him and the siblings and maybe just all chatting about everything and kind of getting some house rules done. I think this is anything you do with any roommates, just making sure you know who does what, who cleans what, and responsibilities beforehand and having those boundaries set up in place because, again, going back to the conference, they were talking a lot about how rules actually create a lot of freedom in terms of... You know what's allowed and what's not allowed, and you know what's going to hurt the other person or not hurt the other person. And even in a roommate situation, it's important to know this too. So maybe doing that beforehand and just getting comfortable and knowing what they want and what they don't. Me want. and my boyfriend have been together for two years now. He treats me well and I have no reason to not trust him or doubt him. But I have noticed throughout our relationship that I have a lot of separation anxiety from him. When he wants to go see a friend or do something without me, I get anxious and depressed. I'm not sure why I get this way, but I hate that this is always how I act. And as hard as I try to be better with the separation, I haven't seen a difference at all. And because of the anxiety I get when he wants to go someplace else, it usually causes an argument. And then he says, I don't trust him because I'm scared of what will happen if he is away from me. So my question is, do you know how to deal with being separated from your significant other? And how can I get better at being separated? Also, how can I trust on trusting him? How can I work on trusting him better without going through an anxiety attack every single time? This is something I have been dealing with for a while now because of being cheated on multiple times in past relationships and being physically abused. My past has created a lot of trauma that has made it hard to trust and to deal with separation. I would love to hear your pers- perspective on this because I feel like I've tried everything to fix this and nothing has worked. This is another incredibly hard one because, again, I have never been cheated on and so I don't have that same experience, but when I was reading it, I was questioning, you know, there has to be a reason why you're feeling this way, there has to be a reason why you're feeling this way, and then you said that and it all kind of makes more sense. I personally think, and I don't know how long you've been dating this person before, but it may be wise to get in a place in your life where you have gone through that trauma and really talked through it with another person, gone to therapy and figured it out before getting into a really long-term relationship because I imagine that that's incredibly hard to get past and it makes sense why you feel that way when you have gone through that before of being cheated on but it's also not fair to the other person because they've given you no reason not to trust them and I think until they give you that reason that you should not trust them you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and you have to trust them because that is going to strengthen your relationship but that's incredibly hard to do when you haven't processed through your own feelings first so I don't know if you've gone to therapy before I don't know if that's something that you would be up for doing but I think that that could be I think that that could be incredibly helpful if you're going through this and incredibly helpful for just figuring out those feelings and not you know taking that on him because I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know how important I think it is to have that time away from your significant other and it's going to strengthen your relationship when you are capable of being on your own and being your own person and having your own friendships and having your own hobbies and not being glued to the other person because distance really does make the heart grow fonder. It's really cheesy, but it is very much true. And so I think that you have to work on that individually first. But that doesn't mean you necessarily have to leave your relationship. I just think that you need to work through and process those feelings on your own first. Because it is going to lead to a lot of arguments. Because he's probably going to be, you know, really hurt that you don't trust him. when he's never given you a reason to feel that way. But I know that it's hard. Like, I know that that's really difficult. And you're used to that in your past. And so maybe finding some sort of distraction when he's away so i don't know if it's when he's working you're at home or you are not working somewhere but maybe finding something you can do while he's gone so you're not focusing on what is he doing what is he doing right now but you're focusing on something for yourself too just like he's focusing on something for himself while he's away i feel like that could be really helpful but again i know it's really hard i think processing is the most important thing. all of the advice questions i'm going to answer for this episode because we are currently on 5% battery so we made it folks and hopefully next week I will have a fixed laptop or an improved new laptop so thank you guys so much for listening I appreciate it I'm thinking of the next episode reacting to unpopular opinions because I've seen a lot of these lately and they're some of my favorite episodes to listen to like doing a poll box and asking you guys to share and then reacting to them and maybe bringing someone on I think that that could be really fun. But thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed, always tag me in a story on Instagram. Let me know how you're listening because I respond to all those. They make my day and I appreciate those so much. And also feel free to write a review if you enjoy. That always helps the podcast. And feel free to subscribe because I post new episodes every single Monday. But thank you guys for listening to this somewhat chaotic episode. But we will be back for a new episode next week. Bye, friends, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.